your brand is essentially your reputation. And in this day and age, it's your reputation online. And so building a brand is essentially the promise of what people can expect from you. And you essentially have a brand reputation whether you manage it or not. So being conscious of it and managing it is going to help you to get you where you want to with your business. In this session today, I have the pleasure of speaking to Louise Booth. Louise is a former Fortune 500 marketing director turned personal brand coach, helping coaches, consultants, and corporate professionals become leading experts in their field and increase their income. She was also recently featured as a top personal brand expert in the Australian Business Journal. Louise, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. It's such a pleasure to be here. It is lovely to have you, Louise. And tell me, are you at the other end of the world? Are you in Australia? I am in Australia. Yeah, I'm in Sydney. Amazing. So your day is nighttime, basically. You are about yeah. to go to bed, presumably. And uh, yeah. we are just kicking off our day in the UK. Well, I appreciate you staying up late to speak to us. Uh, thank you so much for that. So Louise, branding. Branding is this kind of word that people... I think often confused with a logo. So tell us what is branding? Yeah, that's a really good point. I think a lot of business owners think that once they've done their logo, they've built their brand. And yeah. your brand is essentially your reputation. And in this day and age, it's your reputation online. And so building a brand is essentially the promise of what people can expect from you. And you essentially have a brand reputation whether you manage it or not. So being conscious of it and managing it is going to help you to get you where you want to with your business. Yeah, I think that's a great point is that regardless of whether we think we have a brand or not, if we are online in any capacity whatsoever, we actually do. And it's whether or not we're controlling that message. So as business owners, what do we need to be considering when we are trying to, I guess, mold what we want our brand to be known for and um, we want the market to understand about us as a brand. I think you just kind of touched on it there, which is mm. what do you want to be known for and having a really single-minded message because a lot of people talk about a lot of different things and then they end up being noisy, which is how the market is. So I always say it's better to talk a lot about a little rather than a little about a lot and just be really single-minded and focused with your brand. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I often say to people, confused prospects don't buy. And if you're talking about a lot and lots and lots of different things, then you can potentially end up confusing your prospects as well. Completely. And then you also need to look at your business model and go, if you're offering too many different services, are you stretched too thin? Are you really an expert in one specific area? Yeah. And that expertise, of course, feeds back into your brand and how you're viewed. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, I worked with a lot of companies that didn't really have a particularly strong service or product and they thought the marketing could just cover it up. But the essence of any good brand is that you are really good at what you deliver. The core of your service offering or product has to be really high quality. Marketing can't cover it up or, you know, compensate for something that's not very good. And I really love that, Louise, actually, that you highlighted that actually the core foundational baseline is you have to be good at what you do. Because I think, particularly online, let's say, there can be some smoke and mirrors happening sometimes with people. And I think that's a really, really great kind of foundational highlight is that actually, when we're building our brand, we're assuming that you are kick ass at what you do. 
Yeah, so there's an interesting way model of looking at it that I really like, which is imagine you could never sell your service or product direct to anyone and you could only sell it through your existing clients. Mm. How different would you show up in your business? Yeah, it's great in so many ways because not only does it mean that you're going to be focused on providing incredible value to your customers or clients, but it means that that just permeates all areas of your business. Because actually, if you operate your business that way as well, what it means is you're generally anyway likely to get more referrals from your current customers or clients too, regardless. So I really love that. I love that thought process and that thinking, and that just helps us. I speak a lot about making sure that you're delivering value and that your value way outweighs the price that you charge people. And this, I think, definitely helps focus on that value aspect as well. So I really love that. So if somebody's listening to us today and they're thinking, okay, up until now, I've kind of left my my brand as a whole sort of just up to sort of default, I suppose, just a default setting, you might say, on my brand. Yeah. What should people do to become conscious of the brand that they are putting out there and kind of, I guess, molding it to what they want to be perceived for, what they need to be known as? Yeah, so there's there's a few different areas. So I essentially look, I have a formula, which is reach times credibility equals business growth. So there's two parts to it. One with a brand is you actually need to reach your ideal audience. And if people don't know about you, they can't buy from you. So the first area is you really just need to take stock of your current sphere of influence, which is made up of your current networks, your existing and past clients, your peers, if you're in a work environment, and you know where you are online and just see, am I reaching enough people? The second part of that is visibility. Am I actually visible to these people? They might be in my network, but if they never see me, then they're not going to remember who I am because we don't mm -hmm. remember, you know, brands, businesses, if they're not constantly reminding us that they're there. And so that's the first bit that you actually need to be reaching people. And I actually mentioned that because a lot of businesses really don't think about it and they're not really reaching that many people. Yeah. And then they wonder why they're not bringing in new clients. And then the second area is credibility, which is really key for your brand, which is building trust, because people are only going to buy from someone that they know, like, and trust. So credibility mm -hmm. can sit in, I have four different areas that sit within credibility. The first area is authority, that you're positioning yourself as an authority in your area online. And if you're starting a business from scratch, and you're like, well, I don't have any testimonials, and I don't have an audience, the first thing you can do is build your authority by putting out content online, which demonstrates you're an expert and helps people. Mm -hmm. It adds value in advance. The second area is credibility in the sense that you have a third party endorsing you, like you've won awards or you've been featured in the press. The third area is trust, that you have customer results and testimonials, which are extremely powerful. You know, people are looking to know that other people like them have been able to get results with you. And the last area that I have in the reputation diamond is connection. You're actually building an emotional connection with your audience because people buy from an emotional perspective, not just rational. And emotional is an area that I see the most lack of, which is when you're producing content online, it becomes very transactional. You're not sharing your personal story or why you're so passionate about what you do or why you got into this business. And people want to know the person behind the business. They want to know your story. They want to be able to connect with you because we don't really buy from brand logos. We buy from people. Mm -hmm. So it's about having that personal connection. So if you're just starting to think about your brand, think about those four areas and make a plan, which is a lot of things people don't do is have a strategy or a plan mm -hmm. as to how you want to build your brand over time. And know that it's not going to happen overnight. You are going to need to work consistently to build a brand. 
Yeah, I think it's really interesting what you said as well about there about telling stories and connecting personally with people. And I think it's important to sort of note that that doesn't mean that you need to share pictures of your kids online or anything about your spouse if they don't want to be online. You can be personal without putting out there all there is about you if there's areas that you don't want people to be involved in as well. Yeah, that's totally true. And then you see people putting a lot of posts about new team members that join their team. It's just not, it has to relate back to the audience and be yeah. really related to them. When I share something personal, usually I'm sharing a post that's transformational, whether it's mm -hmm. I've helped my clients in some way, or I've gone through some transformation. Because part of branding as well is that people need to believe in you they need to believe in the service that you're offering and they need to believe in themselves that if they work with you, they are going to get that result. So all I'm doing with a connection post or transformational content is helping them realize you can get results like this too. Yeah. And the vast majority of people listening and watching this can do similar style posts where they say, okay, this is, this is where so-and-so started with me and this is where they ended with me. And this is the journey that we went on. Absolutely. And people love stories of transformation. You know, when you see weight loss journeys, they're just like so inspiring. People love to see transformation and growth because that's what we're all striving for. Yeah. And people love stories. We know it's been proven that actually, even as adults, we love stories and we love storytelling. And that's where that um, book, what was it called? Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller kind of came into the marketplace a few years ago because people love to hear stories and as part of your brand having that kind of storytelling aspect can be really strong right absolutely and the other area that's really important with a personal brand which some people really struggle with and I did in the beginning is you've got to put yourself out there mm. you know you can't hide behind your business you can't just have a website full of stock images where no one even knows who owns the business yeah. you have to actually put yourself out there because people want to know who you are as a business owner connect with you and that's where the trust is built yeah absolutely I actually even find nowadays even when I'm going to a website of a large large business I go to the pages on their site which is the about them to see if I can find out who's behind the business and I know on our website that's a very very frequented page is the about us section the meet the team the my story section those pages are very much visited because people ultimately buy from people yeah absolutely you're right I've done a lot of tests on website traffic and recording people's sessions and they do two things they look at testimonials mm -hmm. and they look at the about us section absolutely yeah it's interesting so what do you say to those people who they say okay well this is all well and good but I don't want my personal brand out there. I want to lead with my business. I don't want anything about me publicly. I want to, I just want to be my business. Is that possible yeah. in this day and age? It's a tricky one. I mean, I challenge it in the sense that why do you not want to do that? Mm. Because if it's just a limiting belief or something that feels uncomfortable, you kind of have to push through the discomfort. And when you see a lot of big personal brands out there, even influencers on Instagram, they've had to push through that discomfort themselves. It wasn't like they just woke up one day and were like, yeah, I'm just going to take loads of pictures of myself. They had to consciously make that decision that they wanted to become that kind of person. And I do have a lot of clients that are like, oh, I don't really want to record video or I don't want to put pictures of myself out there. And I think 
Yeah, in this day and age, I think personal brands are just going to get more and more important. A lot of corporate executives are now looking to build their personal brand for their career progression. And I wish back in corporate I'd known about that. I would have done it too and just pushed through the discomfort. But if you did just want to focus on your business, there's still going to need to be a personal element on there. We're still going to need to see the team. You can have other members of your executive leadership team build their personal brands within the business as well. But, you know, having a personal brand enables you to do other things with your business, extend into other business lines, add other services. It just affords you so many opportunities when you've built that brand. Yeah, completely. And like we said before as well, people buy from people. So people are going to hunt for you, even if you try and hide behind your business, people are going to start trying to Google you, find out about who you are, and try and kind of weave their way around Google and, and social media sites to find out about you anyway. So from that perspective, I feel like, well, you should at least be in control of the conversation then. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we do this with famous people. We want to know what they eat for breakfast and what they do in their spare time. And it it comes the same way with you. I mean, I talk about different um, archetypes within a personal brand. And one of them is this celebrity expert. And that's what we're looking to become rather than a celebrity entertainer, which is what Mm -hmm. actors do. And it's the same thing as a celebrity expert, which is sort of the end goal, I suppose, if you want to go that far in your personal brand. People see you online, they see your content, they want to get to know you and, and who you are. Yeah. And what about for those people that turn around and say, well, I'm an introvert. I can't be all big and shiny and out there and all that kind of stuff. What do you say to them? Does that come back to the limiting beliefs conversation again? Yes, only because I'm like the most massive introvert, really. I just As don't am I. Out. People don't believe it. As am I. I am very introverted also and people don't think I am. Yeah, it's it's something that you can really learn. Like if you look at when I first started my business, if you look at some of my early videos, I mean, I look like a rabbit in headlights. I'm scared to death. I recorded the videos like 10 times before I posted them. And it's just with practice, you get used to doing it. And if you want to fast track it, you can do maybe some acting courses or some speaking courses to help, you know, build that confidence quicker. But essentially, it's just practice. Yeah, absolutely. And hopefully nowadays, now that we've come through the whole COVID time period, people are hopefully a little bit more comfortable on camera because they've been doing more Zoom calls and those kinds of things. So they're perhaps a little bit more used to seeing themselves on that screen than they were before. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully that's definitely helped people. But yeah, there's definitely support out there to help you get over that. And it's definitely, definitely worth it because so many people have that mindset that they don't want to do it. It doesn't feel comfortable. But the few that actually do it are going to be the ones that win over the long term. Yeah, absolutely. And so, Louise, would you say that video is an essential part of building your personal brand or can you do it without video? You could just do it with, for example, like with podcasting mm-hmm. or with, you know, using images. But yes, I have seen, you know, it's hard to not see good personal brands without video, to be honest. I'm trying to think if I've seen any strong personal brands that don't go on video at all. And I can't think of one. Yeah, it's just so engaging and and it enables people to get to know you. So I always say to my clients that people need to to go there in their mind before they go there in their body, like they like to visualize. So if they see you on video, they get to know you, they feel like they know what it would be like to work with you, that you feel familiar, you feel like someone, there's nothing to hide, you know, there's nothing missing. They know what you're like. So 
the great thing about building a personal brand is if someone sees you, they see your content, they see that you're an expert at what you do, you've built your credibility. By the time that you actually get on a sales call with them, they've already decided that they want to work with you. There's not yeah. much of a, a sales job to be done. You're just having a chat about how to get started. And that for me is so worth going through the discomfort of being on video. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. We have exactly the same thing in my business as well. I do a lot of video now. I didn't used to. I was the same as you. The first few videos that I did with back back in the days when I had a flip cam, it was before we had smartphones and everything nowadays because I started my business over 10 years ago now. So it was back in the days of flip cam. It was so awkward. My husband to this day jokes about it because of the way I used to introduce the video. <laughs> I, was, I used to always say, so I was just thinking about, and then I'd go into it and he, he still to this day jokes about how corny those initial videos sounded. I do need to uh, see if I can dust off my digital filing shelf and find some of them again because they were awful. They were really awful. I was so awkward. I didn't know where to look and what to say. And, and it was just, it was just terrible. But it's like any muscle, isn't it? The more you do these things, the more you get used to them and then it becomes okay. And then, you know, if you do stumble on a word or you say the wrong word, it doesn't knock you off balance like it does to start with as well. So I think it is just a case, certainly for me, of persevering and getting through it. So when we're building our brand and we're, we've got our kind of personal brand and our business brand, how should they interact with each other, if at all? Mm, yeah, that's a really interesting question. So for me, personal brand is going to be more impactful in personal channels, like through social media, where, mm. you know, you we know that, for example, posting on your Facebook profile is going to get more reach than the business page on Facebook yeah. and the same with LinkedIn. So we know we're going to have more reach and engagement in social media because it's a person that's posted rather mm -hmm. than a company. So already that tells us that those channels are going to be the best place for personal branding. Also speaking at events, things like that, being on podcasts, that's all your personal brand. The corporate brand can come into play more on, more so potentially on your website or through Google ads or something more formal as a channel. Mm -hmm. But so you can have a mix of the both. And, yeah. you know, I always take like Virgin as a great brand where, you know, there's a personal brand and there's a corporate brand and they still do mm -hmm. their own promotion, but just through different channels. That's a great way to think about it. And I know certainly for me as a small business, we lead with my personal brand when we're kind of out there in anywhere, really anywhere on social, to be honest, we lead with me as a human, as an individual and my personal brand, because I think certainly what I found as a small business, when we come back to people want to know who you are, know, like, and trust all those things actually has made it a lot easier for us to lead with my face and me, my voice and, and all those things because it shows that we are personal. Yeah, absolutely. And I have some really amazing stats and research I did. I don't have it on me, sorry. But essentially, mm -hmm. I looked at people that have a personal brand and a corporate brand to see how many followers they had on social media. So you take Richard Branson and Virgin, and I added up all of the Virgin social media sites, Virgin Australia, et cetera. Richard Branson still had like 10 times more followers than any of his corporate brands. And you look at the same for Gary Vaynerchuk or Tony Robbins, all of them have far more followers as a personal brand than they do have a corporate brand. So you're right, the personal brand is leading the business rather than the corporate. 
Yeah, I've seen some of those studies done before as well, and it is quite fascinating. You can see it across all different sectors, across all different areas and across all different countries that in every instance, it's the personal brand that is is the highlight. And I think that, again, just ties us back to people buy from people. They want to know who the individual is. And actually, I think there's there can also be a case of people almost trusting the individual person more than they would trust a corporation, a business. And therefore, they are happier to follow Gary Vee than they are to follow VaynerMedia, even though they're essentially the same thing to all intents and purposes. He is an operating CEO. He runs that business, yet people gravitate towards him as an individual because it's his face. It's all about him. He, you know, you can see the words coming out of his mouth. So he clearly knows what he's talking about. It's not scripted anything and all that side of it. Yeah, absolutely. And so when, when business owners say to me, how do I differentiate from everyone else? You know, they're a financial planner or mortgage broker mm -hmm. and, and they're struggling. I'm like, build your personal brand because there is only one of you in the way yeah. your unique experience, your skill set, your personal story, the way you speak about concepts, the way you share ideas are going to be so different from everyone else. And that really is such a strong way to differentiate your business. It really is. I've said this before to people that actually ultimately you have no competition because there is not one other person in the world that has the same experience the same ways of thinking the same thought processes all that as you do and therefore there is not one other single person in the world that can be 100 a direct competition to you but that in itself is your personal brand right yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head there. That's one of the best ways to differentiate your business, for sure. Mm, I love it. I absolutely love it. I think we're singing from the same hymn sheet on this one, Louise, which I really do love. I'm such a massive fan of business owners putting themselves out there, even if it feels uncomfortable at first, even if it feels scary at first, just kind of getting out there and putting yourself forward. Now, when it comes to putting our brand out there, and kind of positioning our brand. Do we behave differently on different social channels or does that negatively impact our brand? Well, firstly, you have a core positioning, which is made up of mm -hmm. two parts. One is your personal profile, which we talked about, which is you know your expertise, your skills, which forms your bio essentially. And the second part is your value proposition, which is the service offering that you have. So what is your promise to your clients? What value do you bring them? What results do you get them? So that is the core of who you are, the core identity. And so everything that you create around that will be based on that core identity, which would be your content strategy, for example, because a personal brand is essentially content. Whether you write a book or you put out social posts, it's all sharing your ideas and your expertise rather than saying, I do these services. Yeah. So that's going to be consistent on every channel. What matters is that you're on the channels that are right for your audience, where you're actually going to be visible to them. So you're on the right channels and then just play into the strengths of the channel. So if people are only going to watch a one minute video on YouTube on LinkedIn, but they'll watch like an hour long video on YouTube, then you just edit your content based on the channel. But your messaging should be consistent across all of them. Nice. I like that because and this comes back as well to the very first point that we spoke about is 
that if you are not focusing on your messaging and you're speaking about lots of different things, you confuse the buyer. They don't know what you stand for and it's confusing what your brand is overall. Yeah, absolutely. And the last thing we want to confuse people because then they just won't buy. They'll be like, I'm not really sure. It's any corporate brand has a very clear idea about how they want to position themselves in your mind, whether that's like an automotive brand or a fashion brand. They've spent the time on that strategy working out this is how we want to be thought of. So when someone's thinking about buying like a really nice handbag, we want them to think Gucci. So front of mind for this. And that's the kind of thing that you want to do with your personal brand. In fact, for me, corporate brand and personal brand, the strategy and the approach is identical. It really is. Yeah. And I think that's really important for people to note that this type of strategy is not something that is only for famous people. And it's not something that's only for big corporates. Actually, this is strategies that work for those people but we need to make sure that they're being implemented in small business and with small business owners because there's a reason that this stuff works in corporates and for famous people i say this a lot as well when it comes to business finances there's a reason that corporates budget and create forecasts and that needs to come into the small business market as well and it's the same with these branding elements that actually all of these things there's a reason that these big companies and and famous individuals do these things and actually we're doing ourselves a disservice if we're not actually doing those things ourselves in our own businesses yeah you're absolutely right and every big company was small once so we're just mm. they're just further ahead than we are right now so we should adopt their strategies and approaches now not wait till we're that kind of size. And there's one story I wanted to share with you just to kind of crystallize the importance of personal branding. So I work with two leadership coaches, right? They essentially offer the same type of leadership training. Mm -hmm. One of them's built her personal brand over the last 10 years. She's been featured on TV. She's been in, you know, publications. She speaks at events. She's written a book and she's very consistent on LinkedIn posting. The other one's been in her business for a year. She's mm -hmm. grown through networking and referrals. She's never focused on her personal brand. They both put a post down on LinkedIn offering their service, a sales pitch in a post. The mm -hmm. one without a personal brand gets one like. Mm -hmm. The one that has a personal brand made 20 grand. Wow. That just shows how strong and how important it is to work on your personal brand and have the, all the pieces of the puzzle pulling together as well. So, you know, her book and speaking and all the pieces are working for her in her business or working for her brand and therefore delivering one post that's 20k and I can't imagine that there's anyone listening who wouldn't want one LinkedIn post to turn into 20k me included with that so yeah um, Louise I think that's an amazing example for us to end on for people today thank you so much for joining me why don't you tell everyone listening and watching where they can find out more about you how they can connect with you yeah, sure. So you can find everything about me on my website. It's gohudsondigital.com. And uh, you can follow me on LinkedIn and Facebook as well. Amazing. So Louise will pop these details as well in the show notes. For those of you tuning in on the podcast, they will be linked in the show notes. So people will be able to access you and click on you from there. Louise, thank you so much again for joining me today. I think this has been a great conversation. I love all things branding. So I've thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this chat and I'm sure our listeners and watchers will have done as well. Thanks again for your time. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Thanks. 
Thank you so much for tuning in to Financial and Lifestyle Freedom today. Do remember to subscribe to this podcast and take just a few seconds to leave us a review. It helps other people find us as well and lets them know what you enjoy in the podcast. All the links that we've spoken about are in the description to this episode, as is the link to find out more about us on our website and also book a call with us should you be interested in any of our services. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time.